0: normally being a little extra might be a bit much but not when it comes to healthcare. that's why united health health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com botox cosmetic out botulinum toxin a fda approved for over 20 years so talk to your specialist to see if botox cosmetic is right for you
1: Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. It's me, Helen Thorne. And it's me, Ellie Gibson. Guess who's with us, Ellie? Hey, I'm here! <laughs> it's Jenny
0: and
1: to get in my house well we've been staying outside for the last three and a half years and you finally let us in i'm cracked yes. that's you, right you
2: say that helen i've been hiding in the wardrobe uh, <laughs> i just popped downstairs just now and yeah, yeah that's right we did bring some taste the difference
1: uh, prosecco so maybe that helped it, it helped. did that you
3: wangled your way in with bribes with that's right bribery It worked. (laughs) And I I sort of, I hesitated as well, as you see, when you you proffered the bottle of Prosecco, and I kind of went, my shaky hand, my shaky palsy hand sort of went, oh, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I will. (laughs) Straight Uh, in the lockable cupboard. I had a few drinks last night, (laughs) and... um, you know, I can I, these days more than three, and I think that might have had four. Oh,
2: uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. Uh, oh, but I'm were they like, pints of gin? I mean, they, what? they
3: were. They were a fine white wine. Oh, Ooh, lovely! They're a fine white wine because I bought a bottle of Chardonnay. And my host looked at it, aghast, and said, "Would you try something else?" As if I'm not opening that on my table.
1: Oh. <gasps> It's like Ellie, Ellie won't have a Chardonnay. I'm a Chardonnay I'm girl. A Chardonnay. We see you, this is the Australian you, yes, I like is. an oaky. A very
3: oaky. Yeah, yes. sort of, sort of foot trodden by your big yellow mm, footed mm, mm, Melbourne mm. men. Yes, and yes. Women. With wine their does massive, not need
2: to taste of wood. It <laughs> like should. It, woody. it, it woody. tastes taste oh, of grapes. Or it's wine?
3: I like it yellow and woody.
2: Yes, yes,
1: mm. like a very oaky. dehydrated oh. man.
3: <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> color of
2: after an operation
3: yeah anyway, uh, <laughs> really sort of yes you're in a urine sample that is going to have to go back to the lab
2: yeah. like yeah. sucking on a wood chip that's what that's, i want yeah, in a wine okay. fair enough right. you're well, both, established that
3: yeah. you're
2: both <laughs> wrong um so obviously you need no introduction jenny and claire but why not would you introduce yourself for the for the love of it well or, i'm a
3: local right? i'm a local girl i live locally yeah it's easier that way um <laughs> i'm sitting here in my kitchen well, it's it's a bit open plan. I'm open plan, um, so I'm on the ground floor of my house in Camberwell, uh, and I know you two are quite local, so it's not been that much effort for you, really. I mean, it's just a bus ride up the hill. <laughs> um, and um, yes, I'm here to. Well, what am I? I'm a, a stand-up comedian, uh, which is a word that makes me feel slightly nauseous as I say it, and never been able to spell it. I'm a comic, and I'm a writer. I'm really a writer and a performer in equal measures, I Mm. think. Um, And I've been at it for a very, very long time. Still at it, still very angry about not being given the jobs I feel I should be given. Um, So still sort of horribly ambitious, 57. But there are occasionally days where I just think, oh, fuck it all. (laughs) Um, I'm giving up. And I've allowed hobbies to come into my life.
2: Yes, but you're doing a a tapestry as we speak. It's on my
3: knee. I've got a tapestry on my knee. Um, This is to keep my blood pressure down. Um, It is... (laughs) I'm very snobby about my tapestries. I want to get into it properly. That's my... My partner's fortunately in, but if you listen very hard on this podcast, um, I, everything in this house beeps. I don't know whether you have the same problems yeah, in your house. Yeah. Every mm. bit of electrical machinery. The dryer, there's no reason for it. Just dry their fucking clothes and they'll make a big song and dance about it when it's over. You know, <laughs> I'll find you when I need you. But then... Anyway, Geoff's uh, sorting that out. He's very good.
2: Um, and you've got a daughter who's, who's grown
3: up now. Yes, well, you say that. She's in her pyjamas she can pass for 12 she's small um, I think she's deliberately kept herself small so that she gets spoilt still and she's 28 and she's she's sort of been she lives here on and off um, because there's food in this fridge and she's very poor yeah. she's a very poor girl uh, she lives in a flat in uh, New Cross okay. with other poor people yeah and um,
2: and do you she... go around occasionally and just throw a handful of lentils through the
3: letterbox and leave I don't go leave. around there no I no <laughs> It depresses me. I've been around a few times, and it's the ugliness, the sheer ugliness of the furniture. So it is this—it's grim.
2: You've been a parent now for longer than Helen and I combined and doubled. Uh, so what? What's your nugget of wisdom?
3: Um, I, I, I can't actually hand on heart say that I am—I'm the right person to ask, and because I'm a hysteric, I'm a, a neurotic hysteric. Um, I'm the kind of mother that still goes into her bedroom to check so that she's breathing at night.
2: Oh, I was hoping that would go away. No, that, that, that go doesn't away. go away. It, gets, oh. it actually
3: gets worse because they start going away without you. They do things that eventually they go out of the house by themselves. Oh, stop God. this!
1: She's stop this nonsense, Jenny. Really? I'm my, I'm with <laughs> my microchipped,
3: yeah. so it'll be fine. It's yeah, and they they have friends, and you don't even know the friends' surnames or what their parents do. Oh. You don't even know they got parents, <laughs> um, and that's really hard. It's Phoebe is hilarious and she makes me laugh more than anybody else and I love her to to a sort of painful degree it's appalling Mm. Uh, and I do really really worry about her all the time which is quite hard work and exhausting I think if I came back, I'm not sure I could do parenting again. I think I was quite lucky with the one I got. I'm really glad I haven't got two. I haven't got enough emotional capacity for it. Mm-hmm. I'd just be on the floor sobbing and sort of wrung out by it. Mm. And mine isn't even that much trouble <laughs> in, in some respects. You know, she kind of went to school and liked it, went to university and liked it and got a degree and, and sort of... Um, and now she's a writer and she likes that. And mm-hmm. it's, she's got a boyfriend who I think she quite likes...
1: <laughs> You know, so the neurosis
3: worked, Jenny. You did a good job. This yes, she... hysteria must have done something good. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting how uh, because my mother's just not like that at all. I haven't, I haven't um, turned into the type of mother my mother was, which was a sort of quite hands-off um, northern mother. I think that mm. actually northern mother, being brought up by a northern mother is very useful, mm. and I think you know people who've had people like Michael Jackson would. have... Mm. Been a lot better off if he'd been yeah. brought up by... She didn't, if she had been from Ashington. Yeah, yeah with a northern mum who'd have said, no, you're not wearing those gloves today, because <laughs> None of the silly white gloves. You're going to get them mucky because we're going to the park. Yeah, and
2: yeah. then we're going down the mine. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you you know, today's outing. And we're not having that chimp in the kitchen. Get him out. <laughs> it would have been a much healthier... Scenario. I do, I do genuinely believe that when children are going off the rails, they should be taken from <laughs> their South London homes or whatever, and put with a Northern family for six months to see if it sorts them out.
2: Instead of National Service, Northern Service. I like it. Yeah, yeah. between the ages of ele-
3: 9 and 11, it's probably a good time to go. So what about the teenage years
2: then? How did you survive that? Was that
3: tricky? No, uh, Phoebe was really very... She's always been quite... She's very much an only child. And... Um, you know, she was the type of child that would scribble on the wall and then write a letter saying, I'm really sorry about the scribble on the wall, even though it wasn't me.
2: Yeah.
3: But no, I think she's a classic only child, I and mean, she gets on very well with her dad, because I was away a lot when she was a teenager, uh, which is probably why she did quite well in her A-levels, because I wasn't there breathing down the back of the neck. So, <laughs> I think it might be this. I think the answer might be. Oxbow Lake, Oxbow. Oh, all yeah. the Oxbow Lake. Yeah. <laughs> Um you know, I was really glad that we moved to this house because it 's opposite a night bus stop, and there was a time in her teens when I spent what seemed like months of my life crouched in front of uh, a roller blind in the spare bedroom, look watching the night bus stop between midnight and three
0: because
3: oh. I always said you 've got to let me know if you 're not going to be home by three, and I would start the vigil at midnight. Sometimes, I, you know, a little sandwich up there. <laughs> oh, a little, little rug
2: on your knees. It's hard. That's <laughs> yeah. hard
3: work. Yeah. And then... Um, a
2: night bus stop in south-east London. The things you must
3: have seen. Well, it's, it's slightly less exciting than you would imagine. Oh. But, yeah, I'd always, cause she's always had dyed hair, peroxide hair, so I've always been able to spot her head getting off the bus. And then I'd have time... To pretend I wasn't there, <laughs> and then get in my own bed and sort of, you know, hear the key in the door. But literally, I would still worry from the time that it took her to cross the road yeah. and get her key in the door.
2: Oh. Um, but I was,
3: I was never, never felt quite sort of like I could breathe until she locked the door back up and, you know, put. And I could hear going up to her floor.
2: Oh. Well, yeah. we've got all that to look for. I know. To, right?
3: I, I think
1: we need to book an entire tour, Ellie, for the, all the teenagers, for our boys. I, don't yeah, just, just I think just go away and then I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's,
3: that's oh I've got that's a doorbell. Can't Some imagine. Will, in it m- <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> Will it
1: be
2: Joe Swash?
3: Who knows? <laughs> Will it be Joe Brand? We just <laughs> don't, don't know. know. See, I saw her the other day, actually, in Sainsbury's. We, you know, everyone. Well, oh, look who it is! It's Phoebe. I don't know what Oh, it's Phoebe! Oh, oh there,
2: there we go. go. There. Hello. What
3: are you doing <laughs> I'm <laughs> so sorry. Hey. Hello. I'm so sorry not want to interrupt No, don't, don't worry. Hi, Hi, nice Hi. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Look, there were scummy monkeys from the scummy mongoose. Yes. Um, Phoebe. Look, she's straight in the fridge. Straight
1: in the fridge. I'll leave you big. See you in a bit. I'll come up and talk to you later. I like that. We got a bit behind the scenes. You, you painted a picture of Phoebe and then she arrived. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's it. a witch.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Should we do some comedy chat? Let's yeah, do go. comedy oh, chat, Ellie. Yes. 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 Now, your current show is called How to Be a Middle-Aged Woman Without Going Insane. Yeah. How
3: do you not go insane, isn't Jenny? Claire, nutshell it for I, us. I think, unfortunately, I prove nightly, on a nightly basis, that it can't be done. <laughs> um, and there isn't a soul that comes to the show that doesn't leave going, well, obviously, you know, you do have to be... A, you do go a bit mental. Uh, as she has just spent 90 minutes proving... No, I think that being a middle-aged woman is a sort of odd mix of uh, anger, frustration and small pockets of joy that you Mm. have to find and... Uh, and and allow yourself to do and be. I mean, for some people, it's wild swimming. Yeah. You hear a lot of that, don't you? Yes, everyone's Amongst into that. women in their 50s. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, it's much more of the indoor pursuit. I do an art class as well. Oh. You know, there are certain rooms that middle-aged women need. You know, there's a panic room, which is just white padded, you know, big duvets, and um, the way you can just go nash. gnash. And <laughs> I think all, most of us would like a, a sort of dressing-up corner as well, something things in boxes hats and things and i am happy in an art room Mm. Mm. somebody said you know you you have to stay in one room for the rest of life it would be an art room with all the things all the papers all the paints and the clay and all the things
2: my children are still quite young so my ideal room right now would just be a room with no brightly colored plastic shit in it Yeah, just i don't even mind what else is in the room could be cushions could be pianos could be Idris Elba, I don't yeah. know. But just no fucking bright orange plastic no. pianos or saxophones or, you know, teddy bears. And or fucking and they're egg. quite dirty,
3: aren't they, that age of children? Yeah. So all the Big toys are. A bit,
1: you
2: know, they're covered
1: Ugh. in
3: kind of shit. Just a They're pebble dashed with their sort of dribbling. <laughs> grub
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, sticky
3: things yeah,
1: yeah if you, if I was living in this house that you know about three foot, foot up would just be hand, yeah. sticky sticky handprints on everything and you I've don't kind of notice have got
3: twins toddler twins and yeah. when they come around I'm so anxious I mean really <laughs> I feel like I might have a stroke
1: yeah you need and to put them in a cage when they go
3: I'm just so glad <laughs> And I love them.
1: Yeah, yeah. of course, they're, yeah. they're a joy, but not in this house. But really not really. No, no. In, right. this, no, in no. the park, great. Yeah. <laughs> Just meet them outside. Yeah,
3: in a paddling pool, really. Park, or somewhere where they sort of get wet, wet and damp down, constantly yes. hosed, hosed off. Yes. Yes. Hosed yeah, on. yeah, yes. yeah.
1: nowhere near a melting ice lolly. Yeah. Ugh. So, how did you get started in
2: in comedy?
3: I went to drama school and I failed as an actress. I, mean, I kind of had a, a sneaking suspicion that I wasn't an actress. Because every time I went on stage as an actress in a role, there'd be a voice in my head going, well, oh, look at you. <laughs> well, look at you, pretending to be Jocasta. <laughs> a blue dress and your funny shoes. And, oh, well, look, he's coming towards you now. You're going to have to say something to him. I'm not sure what it is. Can't remember. <laughs> so it was a, a sort of never, ever being able to convince myself, always having the voice in my head, which was very much me, going, mm. well, You're pretending. Yeah, you're pretending. Ridiculous (laughs) waste of time. Remember the audience eh? say, "Think I see straight through you." (laughs) Um so no and, and I mean what I was writing something the other day and I suddenly felt the way that I should have felt as an actress which was a complete immersion in someone else's character and I do find it easier to immerse myself in the character of something I'm writing than as another person on stage
2: but when you started out there weren't there weren't many there women were doing none. comedy I invented at all. it yeah. yes
3: in thank you fact, for doing that I know I've ruined a lot of women's lives oh, <laughs> you've, 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 we have a lot to unthank you lives for. marriage... <laughs> lonely children. I mean, there weren't very many... I'd also uh, been brought up abroad uh, in the 60s. I was born in Kuala Lumpur, and lived, we lived in Berlin for a while. So I didn't have television. So uh, by the time I was sort of television aware, um, in my teens, growing up in my teens, there were very, very few women. The only women I found remotely funny on the television... Um, I thought Fanny Craddock was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And she was just basically a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> she was really horrible to her husband, Johnny, who was her sidekick on this cookery programme she did. But it would make me roll around laughing. And I just thought, well... I, but I had no other role models. Even to, I mean, when Victoria Wood came along, I was furious and really jealous and just thought, yeah, but stuff with the piano is really naff. I'm very glad I don't do that. Songs are
2: <laughs> She'll um, never make it. Never, no one will no, like no, that. No, 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 no.
3: Um, and I continued to not like the songs all the way through. Um, but it, it, she went on regardless. <laughs> and, um, Despite you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then you, know, you, you, but, you know, when she died, the body of work that she left behind was extraordinary with all the uh, it's incredible the sketches the, uh, just a wonderful uh, canon of, of work to have left behind so there was Victoria um, and then there was French and Saunders I mean it really really was in single yeah. figures for quite yeah. a long time yeah. I sort of started in 82 when I was 22 I started as a punk poet so I came out of drama school had to get my equity card and I joined this band because I was sleeping with a lead singer. It was a sort of performance band thing. We did poetry, punk poetry. And um, there was a girl called Cathy Le Creme, and she wrote her own poetry, and I just copied her, basically. I ripped off her entire career and came to London and um, st- as a solo punk poet, S... Answered an ad in the back of the stage for novelty acts. It wasn't even called, you know, stand up. It, mm. it was that it was a novel. I was a novelty. They probably act. thought you were going to do a ping pong trick. I, you know, like, if only I could. But there was, um, there was a, 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 a very old woman on called Gertrude Schilling and her her son was a, a milliner, and he made her extraordinary hats that she wore to Ascot. And they always got on front page of the newspapers. You were looking at me as if I'm making this up. I'm not. And she sang songs about her hats. That was it. Yeah, the, the st- circuit then was very varied. You know, mm. it was certainly not in the 90s, it went through a very uh, white man in suit sort of thing. Mm. But this was much madder. I mean, well, it this was. was
2: I, think, I think you knew my dad because he, he was on the scene back in the day. and He was a comedian called Jim
3: Barclay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very much so, yeah. But, he I mean, used to go he, out
2: in yellow tights, yeah, yeah, stick yeah, a tepidly up his yeah, bottom, yeah. and drop in a pint glass. There I was mean... a
3: lot of a bottom work in those days. <laughs> There's also Chris Lehmann, of course, who stuck the, the, yeah, the firework yeah. up his bum. And as it went off, he sang There's No Business Like Show Business <laughs> with No Clothes On. And Malcolm Hardy, of course, your dad would know would have known mm. Malcolm well. Um, and I would have worked good with your dad at the uh, old Tunnel Club. I'm so sorry. Uh... Well, no, 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 I can't imagine who I was probably booed off first. <laughs>
2: Um, no, I've heard. I've heard tale of the Tunnel Club. Dad yeah, always says it was like a gladiatorial yeah, arena. Yeah, it really it was. was. You had to just just fight just to stay on the stage, let alone make people laugh.
3: Yeah, I always remember um, hearing Harry Enfield throw up in the toilet <laughs> uh, before he went on stage, and it was just. And, and it was it was a very rough club, and the the carpet was absolutely saturated with broken glass and sticky, sticky, a bit of blood, bit of this, and it, yeah, it was mental. And um, Jeff used to take me. He used to uh, take me... I used to get a cab back. He'd, he used to drive me. He had, at the time, a gold jack. Mm. A massive gold Mark 10 jack. And he'd drive me to this godforsaken fucking place. And there was a, a pedestrian be- bridge over the motorway. And I used to walk over that bridge. And I would sometimes think, what would it take? What would it take? It wouldn't take much more for me to t- jump off it. You know, <laughs> two steps, two steps. You're done. That's it. it's all over. I don't want to yeah. die. I don't want to die. But I, I quite like to go to hospital with a broken leg. <laughs> you know... So it was, uh, but and then, and a the, the lot of the circuit was quite like that. So I developed quite a sort of hard persona that was quite sweary. And it was basically you'd come on, people start telling you to fuck off as soon as you came on stage. So it was easier to come on telling them to fuck off first. Mm. So it was just basically a battle as to who started swearing first. And I made sure I came out of the ring swearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know. So yeah. of course yeah. you look a bit like your dad. I can see it all now. Is it because yeah.
2: I've got a nail through my head and a Yeah, pair of and a bric- hat. Yes, yeah. yes. But of course.
0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company. They offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, auto botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
1: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit botoxcosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
0: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.
2: You just, you, 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 are then you rose to meteoric fame. You won the Perrier Award.
3: Yeah, well, it was one of those things where I was everybody's second choice. You know, when they have the <laughs> sell it, uh, Jenny, come on. <laughs> yeah, well, they have that sort of you know a panel of people, and it was a real hung decision. It was a bit. It was very Brexit. It was very close, <laughs> um, and it wasn't that popular with quite a lot of people actually. So it, it I mean, it was a lovely triumphant night, and it was it was great. But I did the classic female thing, which is you know. Celebrate, think I'm marvellous for a minute, drink too much, and the next day, you know, wanted to crawl into a hole. Mm. You know, looked at this bloody award that seemed like this terrible talisman of kind of, well, from now on, it's, it's downhill. And, you yeah. know, a lot of people... Going to be cross about this and they're going to be angry with you for winning it because you've cheated and I don't know why I've cheated but you have cheated <laughs> and, uh, and I you know you had to go on stage that night with everybody going oh she's won she must be really good and you're in you're backstage hearing ah, never felt that, less and, funny." And never yeah. felt less funny in my life and, and proceed to go on stage and be less funny than <laughs> I've ever been in my life but that's quite common with uh, perio winners you know most people say, especially when you do the pick of the fringe and um, you're a bit sort of not what you're not a crowd pleaser, particularly, mm. and everyone goes on and storms it. And because you're the perrier winner, you have to go on last and die on your ass yeah. and sort of you know hear your own footsteps
2: walking <laughs> oh, oh. off the stage. Yeah. So, I know you said you know you don't know anything about parenting, but you know, you've, you must know something about comedy. How do we be more funnier?
3: You can't be. It's oh. you know, you probably peeped. <laughs> this
2: is it. Little probably little... in the
1: last ten minutes. We got You've our, got... Got our tips out and put some baby bills on them the other day. I mean, that's that's yeah, art. Yeah. Really, using yeah.
3: cheese is always the last. <laughs> <crass> <laughs> that's bastion. the
1: nail.
3: That did. Uh, I. Um, funny, funny is funny, isn't it? It's um, sometimes I feel it come up, um, upon me. Uh, you know, there's that new Naomi Alderman book, The Power, where I think mm. it starts in your fingertips. Or something I haven't read it yet. And I can feel funny come upon me in the wings, hopefully, most of the time. And it's a sort of, you know, what my grandmother would call a giddy kipperness. Mm. Stop being a giddy kipper. Well, now I have to be a giddy kipper. You've got to sort of feel that rush, haven't you? Um, And I channel my dad quite a lot on stage. Uh, This probably happens to you. And and my father was very funny. Uh, He's dead now. And um, I occasionally feel very, very much like my dad on stage. There'd be a sort of something in my voice, something I say. I show my knees as well, which are my father's knees, um, as a sort of proof. And, you know, if the knees don't get a laugh, I'm really stuck. Um, I don't have to play places I don't want to play, which is, you know, to be honest, it's so much easier because I'm kind of preaching to the converted. There's a big army of grumpy fans out there that have come to the solo shows too. So they kind of get... What they expect. I have a feeling that if I was forced to do twenty minutes at a Comedy Store, on a Comedy Store, or any of the venues um, in London on a Friday night in front of a young boozy crowd or whatever, I'd probably die on my ass. Mm. I'd get very anxious. I know that I'd be a basket case and addressing them because I wouldn't know what to do for them. I wouldn't know what they really wanted and what they'd really like. And it's kind of. You know I do feel like old comedians a bit it mustn't clog the drain you can 't be this sort of dirty nappy stuck in the drain you 've got to push yourself flush yourself through a bit mm. and so that young people can come through and I think Edinburgh is very much for young people and you know proving themselves and I think you do have to you have to gig and gig and gig and you have to like your audience and you have to like what you do on stage, otherwise it's kind of like spitting pebbles isn 't it it 's like having soil in your mouth, but oh. Uh, I very rarely do corporates because that's when that really does happen. I mean, I, I'm not good at co- corporates. I haven't got banter. I've done corporates in hotels and I've had to use a surface, service lift. <laughs> not a and there have been cars waiting for me in front and I've had to go around the back and get a bus home rather than see any of the people who... Watch me Damas my cheese convention. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. I want to go to a cheese convention. Uh, well, I thought I did. Yeah. <laughs> all this particular night, yeah. Did yeah. you do a
2: lot of cheese-based I material? I did. I did
3: all the cheese-based material that you can possibly think of, yeah.
2: And they still and, didn't you know, go for it? You no, know, no, they oh. really,
3: it was, it a was, lot of them were Belgian and um. um, English wasn't the first language and they really... They really hated me. Should have gone with the Poirot stuff. You see, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I could. Yeah. Do you know, or tintin, or any of the other, any of the other ones? Yeah, chocolate, uh, just some lace-based humor. Some yeah.
2: mayonnaise. They love that. They love beer. Have some more uh, beer.
1: We've uh, corporate. Yeah, let's do. <laughs> do you do corporate? We've done. We've, well, well, uh, well, the Croydon one was our amazing. first ever
2: corporate gig. Uh, we hosted the Croydon Council Stop Smoking Stoptober Roadshow. I don't know why it's called a roadshow, because it was only in Croydon. And it was in a tent,
1: and it was raining. And there was one woman who had stopped smoking, and she had between one to three teeth. And that was our audience, and it was raining. And then we were behind... No, who were behind us? A miserable, like, steel drum band who wouldn't lend us their jack for the microphone so we had to oh, shout it yeah. it was everything you want in a gig yeah it really was and it then made and me then like take up smoking i think yeah. by the yeah. end of it and
2: then the oh. mayor of Croydon council came out and you know to do the the mayor's speech and it was all lovely and he's starting off and he's like so imagine Right here in the middle of Croydon, two enormous coach loads full of people. Now imagine those co- coaches colliding hey. and bursting into a huge fireball and everyone on them dying. Great
3: starter line.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That, that's how many people we have saved through Stop Smoking campaigns. And now the comedy. Yay! <laughs> and then we sang a parody about stopping smoking called I Will, based on I Will Survive. They gave we us know. the money in an envelope. And we literally ran to yeah. my car like yeah. whores. Yeah. Just run, run, get out, get yeah. out, get out. Yeah. It's a tough old game. Well, that's yeah. enough comedy chat. Oh, do you I think, think Helen? so. Should we do book chat? Well, book why, chat. why not? Tell us about your latest book, Jenny Eau Claire.
3: Right, um, I've been uh, dabbling in in written word for some years I've written uh, four novels and they wanted a fifth novel and it just hasn't happened and oh I've started scratching at myself now <laughs> and, uh, oh, whoa. <laughs> I start picking uh, anxiously at things and stuttering and I lose, or I start or uh, it all gets messy so very upset and anxious about book five so in the interim we decided to put together a collection of short stories uh, called Listening In which uh, started off in some respects with a Radio 4 series called uh, Little Lifetimes which I've been running for about three or four years now and they're a series of monologues uh, written in the first person for, well I thought they were going to be for me I thought, you know, that's hey what a good idea, I write these monologues and I can do all the voices and then I've got this Radio 4 producer who said I think I can get better actresses than you
1: Oh that's nice, uh, Yeah, Thank I you. know. Yeah,
3: um, and then the first series she let me do one and the second series I didn't even get one
2: Come on um, BBC know. Jenny is a national treasure And she fucking wrote the thing I know. Where heard. is my licence fee going That's <laughs> but, where I'd
3: like In so the toilet if, deli goes, um, Imelda Staunton wants to do one he go okay I give up oh, i right. my hand up okay. there So we'll let Imelda in on the game <laughs> So yeah I mean Listening in is t- collection 24 short stories They're all about 10 pages long um, It's a literary nightcap That's how mm. I'm describing it Um, Or a bath read.
1: I love it because it's it's so brutally honest, and it's and it's dark, and it's angry, it's hilarious, but it's got those things that you think in your head, thinking that's really wrong, but you said it on paper. Yeah, and And about the the women are so. Yeah, they're, they're so cross and they're so on the edge and they're so on the brink and you think is this going to happen they're like no she's gone even further which is brilliant I mean, my favourite I think it's the nun head
3: dressmaker yeah she's very bleak when I write anything I have to know the place mm. that's really really important so I have to maybe steal a shop or steal a uh, in the novels I've stolen the last one moving was my sister's house in Kensington Road before she moved to Camberwell And it was just much easier. It's like being a a, a small girl and having a doll's house and moving the figures around the house. And if you know the layout and you know where the stairs are, you know where the bathroom is on on the half-landing, then you can put the scenes in that.
1: And one of the things Ellie and I like to do when we're driving six hours touring is if someone goes past us, we'll, we'll, we'll make up a funny voice about them and start plotting their life history. And that's what it felt like in your book that you've, you've seen the character down the road and you are going, what is,
3: what's happened? It's, it's yeah. the thing that you do on holiday when, when yeah. Phoebe was very small as well. Because she was an only child, uh, you'd, you, the three of us would sit at a, a dining table or whatever and you'd say, look at that lady behind, what do you think she does? I think she might be a jockey. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's quite tall for a jockey. Okay. Um, and, and, and so we play a lot of that. Um, and then I'd, I'd push her off to the biggest, fattest friendliest family you find them on the beach don't you if you've got yeah. no child you arrange your towels very near them and you just
1: stalk yes. yeah. the friendly ones yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the ones who are smiling at each other yeah. not the ones yeah. touching each and other and eventually
3: because so, they're having such fun and they've got so many children that yours gets kind of enveloped into yeah, them yeah. yeah. they don't realise that's right they yeah. borrow the plastic yeah.
2: spade they go in the catch game yeah. it's all yeah. good yeah. see you later we're just popping to another island for a couple of days <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and we'll be back <laughs> soon we'll be back soon yeah so what are, you, what are you working on next what's your next you can do well, more short stories is this fifth novel ever going to happen the fifth
3: novel is is sort of in progress above our heads I, it's, it's it's like a, it's a crappy jigsaw puzzle that I bought from some rubbish car boot sale half the bits are missing and it's too much sky and I'm hating it at the moment but there might be something there in the end um, so yeah I'm quite unemployed it's great Aww. no I'll write Grumpy 4 we'll, uh, and then fifth novel and we'll just see whether this pilot comes off. I've just done this BBC2 panel game. You know, I've been in this business for so long, tried, you know, basically beating down doors everywhere, trying to get things on television, and for the first time in 35 years... The only thing that's got through is a panel game. It's a, bit, it's a broken panel game if we're allowed to okay. use that sort of thing. Deconstructed? Yes, we've deconstructed the panel game and got it out of the studio a bit. So okay. it's, a, it's a bit of a recorded VT. Oh. But you know what, the, this frightening thing is, and if, I don't know whether this will give you hope or loathing in your souls, but I found the original document for this piece, this pilot that's just happened, the first germ of the idea, and the document is, is dated 2008. Hey ho,
1: girls! <sighs> right. <Yes>. Uh, so <laughs> yes. yeah, okay. So not cool. next year. I won't be getting my new bathroom till twenty twenty-five. That's out very quickly. Could no. also be a maths teacher. Yes, another oh, dream. Yes.
2: Now, Helen, have you got a game for us I today? I do,
1: Ellie, because Jenny and Ellie, you have been in this neighbourhood a very long time. You must know a lot about your local area. We're
3: we having a quiz. We yes. are.
1: You can make whatever okay. noise you like. So I've done a south east London quiz. It's going to be very quick. Okay. All right. Who has not been a local resident? Is it A. Ronnie Corbett, B. James Nesbitt, or C. We Jimmy Cranky?
2: Ah,
3: uh, 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 I think it's Ronnie Corbett.
2: I buzzed in, Ellie. Oh, oh, did you? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> oh, well, oh, I right, got okay. clearing your throat.
3: <laughs> Cranky, what are you going to say, Claire? She said Corbett. You I, can't said Corbett your name. I said Corbett. <laughs> seen Nesbitt She said, sheet! I've in... Nes- the... seen Nesbitt in the supermarket, so we know he's local. Yeah. Right. Okay. The answer is Wee Jimmy Cranky. Oh, God, yes! Well done. I thought that was too obvious.
1: Ah, oh, uh, see?
2: I'm that's a very comedy. Obvious
1: person. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Which is not a local street? Is it A, Kevin Road, B, Barry Road, C, Daryl Road? Kevin.
2: Jenny's got it. There's no Kevin Road. Oh, she didn't buzz in correctly, but I'm going to get We're in to over my buzz. <laughs> Come on, choose a, choose a buzz. Arr, arr. Oh, I like that. Ooh, I like this that. This getting right. right now good. we're getting into it. All right, All right, good.
1: Come on now. Which is not a shop on Lordship Lane? White stuff, Rulio white, or stuff white people like?
2: point <laughs> 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 Point each, I think I know. What are you going to say? I gonna say stuff, stuff white people. people. <laughs> yeah. Point each. Yeah. is. Yeah. Okay,
1: next one. How much is an organic chicken at William Rose Butcher's? Is it A, £8, B, £18, or C,
3: £800? <laughs> Listen, I think we could have a debate about this, because they will do a chicken as part of their meat deal. Oh, right. Their weekly meat deal. Have you this ever been in? This is the detail we there? need, listener. Where for £10, you get a chicken or chicken thigh fillets, some mince and uh, and six sausages, all for £10. That's outrageous. It's heavily discounted. Yes. I've had a chat with him about it. Yes. <laughs> he says that it it, it it not buys loyalty, but it encourages loyalty. Oh. So he gives out a chicken. But I'd say eight pounds for a chicken. Correct, Jenny Eclair. Wow, wow. Eclair oh. is in the lead. May I just say answer? you can get the most delicious lemon and coriander marinated chicken breast portions in there. Mm-hmm. Forty minutes in the oven. Bob's your uncle. You need nothing else.
2: There we are. We are like we're doing a learning only. on this. <laughs> <laughs> Loving it.
3: Name a famous asshole that went to Dulwich College. Oh, how oh many so many. <laughs> I can't remember his name because I'm, I'm, I'm having one you know I've just gone blank she's, she's having guy, a stroke the guy that wrote The Hobbit oh J.R.R.
2: J.K. Rowling <laughs>
3: <laughs> J- Tolkien,
2: Tolkien I think he was
3: a bit of a prick wasn't oh. he a bit, or was it the guy that wrote The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe yes he was C.S. Forster went there Yes. a bit of a prick
2: he's a bit of a prick or Ellie C.S. Forster did I say that wrong C.S. Lewis yeah yeah
3: uh, I yeah, did see, just met is... the other day, and I said the um, Coliseum was in Athens. Oh, oh. Well, wow. yeah. I mean, and I said it with, com- with confidence. I was absolutely convinced it was. <laughs> did you get done for a deviation? Yeah, quite yeah. <laughs> rightly. Yeah. Tony Horse looked really smug as well when he said, "I think you're fine."
2: Oh, oh, wow!
1: What is dillboy's Boy's first name on Only Fools and Horses?
3: <laughs>
1: Derek. Sorry, I forgot the thing. Oh. <laughs> I
2: think I <laughs> You're so keen. <laughs> our, 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 our eyes met, Jenny. I can't believe that like, you go on the news quiz and I don't. You can't even do the basic fundamental admin of a
3: bloody quiz, Jenny. consolation I've never been asked on anything. <laughs>
2: We always round off with the scummy mummy confessions, so sort of stories of parenting failure. So here's our listener confession for this episode. Laura Hart wrote to us to say, uh, scummy mummy confession, after being very windy last night as we were falling to sleep, my husband this morning mentioned how loud and often the baby farted. I let the baby take the rap. Good girl, Laura
3: Hart. And why not?
2: That's a life hat more (laughs) than anything. That is a life
3: hat. Yeah. Have you got a scummy mummy confession, Jenny? The worst thing ever, I, I once hit Phoebe. Is that bad? Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? I once hit her. It's not hilarious. Uh, no, it's not right, is it? I hit her with a pair of rollerblades.
2: I mean, that's funnier. <laughs> yes,
3: no, a Everything's funny I, with I a crocs. I don't proc. know quite what happened. And I just, I had this, uh, they were in a bag, and she did something, said something, and it just, uh, and I cracked. And yes. I just swung this bag <laughs> at her legs. And I felt awful about that for... About twenty years. Aww. I'm glad I've got to talk no, much this. This is the indeed. confession indeed. process. This has been cathartic. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Don't tell the social services, She's my a... dear. They took her off me. Now, <laughs> be a oh. relief, honestly. Oh, more than anything, I'd have more pitta bread at the end of the day. It <laughs> 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 would be hummus, lad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there we are. Um, we hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast. Please follow us on the social media at Scummy Mummies, and you can find g- details of all our gigs at scummymummies.com. Please buy our book, still in print. Still in print. And Jenny, you've got some books. Do you want to
3: plug them? Go on. I've got uh, Listening In, which is the new collection of short excellent, stories. Excellent, excellent illustrated by my good self, illustrated by the author. They weren't paying me any money, you see, for this collection, so I thought, fuck it, I'm going to do the drawings. Um, <laughs> she drew an excellent peacock, listener. Yeah, there's... Oh, he's got a malicious look in his eye, it that doesn't, peacock. he does. Just <laughs> <There's> a cheerful <laughs> robin and an insane Uh So, yeah, I've got that, and I've got some extra gigs hanging around and everything, and then I shall be squirrelling my way back into my study and uh, oh okay see this is what happens novel she's just
1: doing a book <laughs> novel yeah
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: wonderful probably not many more quiz shows based, <laughs> based on your inability <laughs> to understand the basic rules the basic rules I think
3: the BBC 2 panel game is out isn't it it's not
2: yeah. meant- <laughs> so isn't going to happen well someone's out certainly uh, <laughs> well we can't thank you enough for having us in your lovely home and coming on the podcast you know mm. they say never meet your heroes uh, and the jury's still out on that no uh, and it's we been, love you over It's it's been an absolute honour to meet you thank, well, thank you very, very much, much An absolute
3: pleasure. thank you ladies Off can, pop.
2: Go on, yes, fuck get out <laughs> of my house just get out <laughs> take your fucking catsuit last time I've got to go and see Wonder Woman alright until next time
1: Bye! Bye! Bye. Right, next one. Why is it called Dog Kennel Hill?
3: I think there must have was Battersea Dog's home once here. No. No. I think it's been in Battersea. (laughs) (laughs) That's another of my (laughs) (laughs) coliseum's in (laughs) that one. No, was it in (laughs) Atluson's? Yeah. Okay.